Welcome to Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders by Bright Mind Consulting Group. We give you the necessary tools to help you become the architect of not just your business, but your life too. I'm your host, Javon Wooden. Hey, Trisha, how are you? Welcome to Design Life and Business. I'm fantastic, Javon. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show today. Absolutely. My pleasure. My pleasure. A fellow vet and a fellow. We're going to talk all about emotional intelligence and the impact and not just leadership, but in life. So let's get right to this conversation because it's a super important conversation, Tricia. First off, who are you? Who is Tricia Stetson? Oh my gosh, that is the hardest question ever. I think it is. So I'll give you the coconut shell version of how I ended up where I'm at today in this space that I'm so passionate about. So as you said, I'm a veteran. So we spent eight years in the Navy learning how to be a leader, right? I think that that's one of the things that we definitely receive from being in the military is the opportunity to be a leader if you so choose to take advantage of that. So eight years in the Navy, from there, I went to corporate America, spent 10 years in a big global IT company, had lots of leadership experience there as well. And leaving that space, I opened my own business. So talk about leadership and learning life skills, right? I decided I was going to leave corporate America and open my first business. That was back in 2007. So I have been a, as my husband likes to call it, a serial entrepreneur for the last 16 years or so, um, really working in the animal and people wellness space up until around 2015, 2016. I was watching my husband go through this journey of business coaching and consulting, and it wasn't something that I had ever really thought about doing. And I fell in love with the idea that I could serve those who were serving others. And that's where this whole journey started. And I love to bring all of the things that I've learned, my skills, my expertise, my experience, good and bad, lessons I've learned to all of the people that I work with now. Absolutely. And you mentioned that you started in the midst right before some some crazy things are going on. So you've seen some things. So what was that like? What were some of the obstacles of starting up when you started and then include COVID opportunities and options as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd like to start way back with my first business ownership journey in 2008. I We live in Texas And 2008 was not a good year for the economy in general. And the reason why I brought up living in Texas is because there was a small storm called Ike that hit that summer as well. So my first few months in business ownership were really tough. It was really tough. I could have just given up and said, you know what, I don't want to do this. But what I learned is I could drive a scooter so that I didn't have to put so much gas in my car, right? So we <laughs> bought this little Vespa that I could put around. Driving like with. you in Italy uh, over there. I know. <laughs> no, just Texas. So <laughs> learning through that, that in the face of adversity, there are always options. I am a girl that always has a full glass. It just depends on how much is missing from it, right? And what it can do about it. So it's always refillable to me. It's not just half empty or half full. It's always Mm -hmm. refillable. And I live in that space. So that was in 2008. And then it was a year, well, it was 18 months after we opened our coaching practice officially, my husband and I, that we all 
we're in lockdown and we had no idea what that was going to look like for our business. And we quickly shifted from doing everything in person, meeting people in person, coaching in person, training in person to right online here on Zoom, right? (laughs) Or wherever we could find a way to connect with people. And I think the first lesson from that for me was several ladies and I had scheduled in-person women's event for business and leadership. And we had over 70 women signed up and it was to be the week after everyone went into lockdown from COVID. And so I I didn't know what to do. I had no idea. I had never run anything on Zoom, not like that. I wasn't sure. So I gathered up all the ladies that were helping me with the event and said, okay, well, there are certain things that we can't do because we won't be in person, but what can we do? What are the possibilities here? And I want you to know, Javon, that we still had 60 women show up for this Zoom meeting thing that we did, this seminar, if you want to call it that. And there was so much joy and uplifting and mindset shifting and even leadership discussions with these women. And we had them on for almost three hours that day. And they showed up. Yes, it was awesome. So just being able to look at adversity and say, okay, I get it here in my face, but what are the possibilities? How do we move forward? And that kind of ties into what we're talking about today. We hear a lot about mindset and mindset is everything and all this stuff. And yes, it's rightfully so. But EI, emotional intelligence, is something that we hear like a scattershot. We don't hear as much about EI and the importance of it. So let's talk about how that played. And we can use some of your case studies to kind of show the importance of emotional intelligence, especially in leadership. Yeah, absolutely. So for those people who might be listening today who aren't familiar with emotional intelligence or there's a new buzz phrase out there, we're calling it EQ or emotional quotient for some people, right? We've got EQ and PQ and all of these other things, right? But EQ is really about building self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and having social skills. The good news is if you're not good in these areas, you can always get better through training. And I think that EQ is so important in business. Let's take, for instance, just self-awareness, right? Being able to recognize and understand your own emotions, whether those are strengths or weaknesses, and being aware of them helps you manage those reactions that you may have to others around you. How important is that not only at work, leadership, but also in life? Yeah, absolutely. And I talk a lot about using the SWOT analysis, not for business, but for personal development. And that EI EQ is a, a part of why I always recommend that to clients, because you have to do that introspection. You have to do that hard work and point the finger at yourself to say, OK, where are some areas of opportunity for growth? And EI typically is one that we all identify with at some way, shape or form. So what are some ways that we can help improve our emotional intelligence? So start with the basics, right? Number one, you need to go measure where you're at today. There are a lot of ways that you can do that. You Mm -hmm. go do a search on the internet and you can find a way to set your baseline. So where are you today? 
So that's your awareness, right? Your baseline mm-hmm. and your awareness. And then deciding which one of these things would you like to improve first? I tell everyone, don't work on it all at the same time. Otherwise, you'll never get it done, right? So pick something that you're really passionate about. And maybe that one particular thing is your social skills. Maybe you feel like you talk over people or you don't listen as well as you could. There's so many ways that you can practice that. And even without picking up a book, Javon, I could go and find myself at a networking event, make myself go, I may not be comfortable with it, but that's one way that I'm going to get to practice, right? So I would go to a chamber event or some other kind of networking event, the Veterans Chamber, for instance, and decide that I'm going to go have conversations with people and just ask questions. Because I know if I'm just asking questions, then I'm listening more than I'm talking, right? It's that 80-20 rule. And so that's one way that you could improve this specific area of social skills, right? Or your social awareness as we look at it in EQ. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Let's face it. There's no easy way about anything. If it's something that you're uncomfortable with, there's probably something you need to be doing, right? You have to challenge yourself. And that's how you build the confidence. It's repetition with anything, right? It's a muscle. It's a habit muscle and it's a confidence muscle. And we have to look at it as such. So I love that you mentioned like, hey, just go do it. Like there's no easy way around it. If you know you struggle with social skills or picking up the cues that people are giving, go try it out. Go test yourself and do one at a time. So that's awesome. And I know that there's some misconceptions about emotional intelligence. So can you talk a little bit about what some of those are that you've seen as you've worked with a ton of CEOs and leaders? Yeah, absolutely. When you hear EQ, it's like, oh, don't judge me. A lot of people get that feeling. They're like, well, I don't need a score. I'm obviously really good at talking to people. I'm a great leader. But the fact of the matter is when you improve your EQ, in this self space or social space, or even your intrinsic motivation, you're going to be a better leader. You're going to be able to communicate better. You can get better at conflict resolution because you can pick up on those emotions, the adaptability that you have, or even decision-making skills, negotiation and sales. So when I go into situations where people are like, oh, EQ, that doesn't make a difference. I don't need that. I'm really good at what I do and I don't need to play into people's emotions. That's the biggest thing that I hear, right? It's not about playing into people's emotions. It's about being aware, not only creating your own awareness, but the awareness of the others around you. And being a good leader is being able to control that space. And I don't mean control in a bad way, right? Mm -hmm. But being aware of what's happening and knowing how to talk to people and bring down the situation, if you will, if there's a challenge or a conflict resolution on your team or Mm -hmm. communications breakdown or even customer relationships. How many more sales could you make in your business if you were a better communicator? That's what EQ is all about. Yeah, absolutely. We often forget in business and some of us in life, we forget about the human side of any transactional type of thing, right? And that could be in relationship with your spouse, could be customer, client relationships, whatever. We forget about that side. So how have you noticed any trends regarding the importance of EQ as you've been working in this space for a while? Yeah, I think, Javon, it's really more, I believe, the awareness around it. People are talking about it. People want to improve. People are not so afraid to have a conversation about, 
emotional intelligence, about this EQ and even PQ. So that's a whole nother piece is this positive intelligence, which is a whole new buzzword, right? And it rides alongside of EQ, where we're teaching people to become aware of those things that go on in your mind that Mm. pull you down and make you think that your glass is half full. And I think that these two things go side by side, but I love that I'm seeing and hearing more people talk about it. It's not just this strange thing that's happening in the corner. Like, no one wants to talk about EQ because that means that you're not intelligent. And I think that the reason why we're getting away from emotional intelligence and calling it emotional quotient is because of the fear that some people have talking about it, right? Mm -hmm. If you take that intelligence word out of it and you put the quotient in there, then it's really just a number, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's making it easier for people to talk about. Yeah, I think it, it becomes more quantitative and it's like, okay. And it also shows, hey, I can get a little better. I have this this tangible number that shows that I can get better. And we all can. I don't care how well you score on these tests. There's always some room for improvement. So with improvement, there's always also a challenge. So what are some of the challenges that you see that leaders are facing when it comes to improving their emotional intelligence outside of the self-imposed challenges, of course? Yeah, of course. I really believe that our leaders don't necessarily have all the tools, Javon, and especially in these corporate spaces or even leaders in their own businesses, they may not know that they have access to some of these tools that are out there, or even to people like you or me who go out and help mentor and coach these business owners and leaders to be better at coaching their teams. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a whole lot of introspection that they can go and do, and we can help with that as well. But it's this external force that they can bring alongside of being a good leader with their team and showing these teams that it's okay to have these conversations and set these types of baselines. So I would say for our leaders, they really need to go seek out a mentor or an accountability partner or somebody that can stand beside them and Mm -hmm. understand what's going on. By the way, empathy is one of those things that exists inside of EQ, right? And having that empathy, having someone walk alongside you that understands what you're going through and can help hold you accountable to the things that you want to get done is going to be so important. And so I would challenge any leader out there, if they don't already have a mentor, an accountability partner, a coach, that they should seek one out. I wholeheartedly agree. And we're not just saying that because we're coaches. We're not saying you have to work with us, but find someone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Seriously. We prefer you working with us, but Anybody. find someone. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, that brings up a good point as well, Trisha. So often leaders they don't really understand the impact that emotional intelligence has when on the bottom line, right? They're like, oh, this is some, but sounds all up there. And it's like, oh yeah, that's just a buzzword. But emotional intelligence actually plays a huge part. in we talk about the great resignation and profit and wasted resources. Can you talk a little bit about how they can kind of see the impact of that in the productivity and efficiency of their daily operations? Yeah, absolutely. It all comes back to the way the team is running. And if you look at the team dynamics, let's just talk about culture. Mm -hmm. What's the culture look like in your business? That is a great place to start. How does it feel? Does your culture in your business, whether you're in a big business and you're running a business unit or you're running your own business, does it feel good to you? 
Do you like the way your business is being run? Do you like the way the team is interacting and communicating with each other? If you don't, then you probably need to do some awareness checking. And I would start with EQ because we know that's something that you can improve. So go back and look at the motivation, not just your own motivation, but the motivation behind the team, the team Mm -hmm. that you're working with. What about self-awareness? Maybe you're really good at that self-awareness, but you have people on your team who aren't. You know who they are. You know exactly who they Uh, are. Yes, They're the people who don't communicate well on the team, right? And they may lack some social awareness. I think just having a conversation around EQ, there's a real simple book out there. It's um, EQ 2.0. I think it's like a $4 book. And that's something that you can bring to your team and just start talking about it. And I think that is what's going to make the shift from where you're at today and how important that is. So how does that play to the bottom line? Well, gosh, Javon, if we have a bunch of victims on our team, are we really going to go make the kind of revenue or profit that we're looking for in our business? Probably not because we spend so much time working with these individuals who we'll call it have a bad attitude, right? Mm. When maybe they don't, maybe they're just not aware of the impact that they have on the rest of the team. So I think that EQ at a high level plays a huge role in how well your business is doing. You become self-aware, you become socially aware, you become intrinsically motivated, and then you pass that along to your team. And once your team is above the line in the victor space instead of the victim space, your business is going to roll so much better. Your revenue is going to be up. Your profit's going to be up. You know why? Because you're out there making more sales. I know it all sounds really easy, but if you have a handle on culture, it can be so much easier. I'm not saying that business is easy because it's not. You and I have built businesses and it's hard. It's hard work. It if is. you have the right attitude, you have the right team, you have the right awareness, then that bottom line is going to make big. It will show a huge difference. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think that this is a good time for the listeners to hear kind of a case study on the impact. So I know right now it's just theoretical. So I want them to be able to see a tangible picture, put themselves in that position. So can you provide us with like a case study of a leader? Don't have to give names or any of that, but kind of like a situational awareness type of thing where we just see how that has worked. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk with it. We'll call her Sally, business owner. She had two people on her team. They were family first off. So one of them was a family member of the owner of the business. And the other was the roommate of this family owner. I came in to the challenge of conflict in the workplace. So let's just start there. Nobody was getting along. So she was ready to close her business, shut her doors. Like Mm -hmm. I'm done with this. I'm frustrated. I don't even know where to go. So we started with a communications plan. Now that starts for me. I like to use disk. There are so many other tools out there, but it at least gives you an idea of the way people like to be communicated with or they communicate. So we start there with the awareness around how do I like to be communicated with and how am I communicating with you? And then we move into EQ and we start to look at that self-awareness, the self-regulation, the motivation, the empathy, the social skills, the social awareness. And just being aware of it, this team started to communicate better. And they started to actually bring in more revenue because the culture in the business 
got better just around this self-awareness of what are the things that they were doing? Listening more, using some of the skills that they learned around self-awareness, meaning I need to understand my own emotions and Mm -hmm. control those. But from a social awareness, I also need to be able to understand the emotions of the other person. So the rest of that story, because I could tell you all the nuts (laughs) and bolts of it, but the end of that story is this particular business is doing 10 times the amount of revenue that they were doing four years ago. They have a completely different team on board. So those two people that were on the team no longer are, and there are now eight other people on that team. And we continue to work on this. Every time somebody is introduced to the team, we continue to work on EQ. We continue to work on our DISC skills, communication skills. And I think it's so important to build that culture for the business to be successful. So that's the case study. We went from, we're going to close the doors and we've got two people on the team that can't get along to, we've got eight plus the owner on the team, everyone's getting along and we're 10 times the revenue that we were. Yeah. And it literally can be that drastic in culture. We heard that word a few times in this conversation. Culture is super, super important because people are leaving the culture of organizations, right? The culture includes meaningful work. It includes how you treat them. Are you micromanaging? Are you giving them autonomy? Are you allowing people to feel psychologically safe? There's so much that goes into emotional intelligence that we need to understand, right? It's not a buzzword. We hear it all the time and we got to get out of that. We got to start having that paradigm shift to see the importance of what we're talking about here. So I'm glad you provided that case study for us, Trisha. And that kind of leads to another question I have about the structure of an organization. Are there certain team structures or industries where EQ becomes even more important? I don't know. So my opinion is that EQ is important no matter what. I don't know Mm -hmm. that it's more important or less important in a particular space. But I do think that it's important to create that awareness. So if you're a solo owner in your business, have going through the EQ processes and understanding your own awareness, right? Your self-awareness and then your social awareness is important. But it becomes, I think, even more important for you to share that with team members as you grow your business, or if you're in a bigger business where you have team members that everyone is on the same page. So if the leader owner is focused on EQ and they're really working to improve, that doesn't mean that the culture of the business is going to improve just based on this one person finding awareness and success in that space, right? So I do believe that it is important to share this across the team to create that culture. And you said something earlier about quiet quitting. This play, this EQ plays into quiet quitting all day long. People want to be a part of something that's making a difference in the world, that's making a difference in the community, that's making a difference in the space that they work at. They want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. But if you're not including them, they're going to leave. They're going to go someplace else where they feel like they're included. And it starts with empathy. It starts with understanding emotions. And I don't want people to be afraid of that. I don't want people to go, oh, that sounds too mushy, or I don't really want to go there. No, you need to go there. You really do. You need to be aware. I'm not saying you need to sit in a corner and cry together. Although you might do that depending on what business you're in, right? But it it really is about that awareness. So I think it's super important that no matter what business you're in, that you're sharing this opportunity to grow in this EQ space with everyone. 
Absolutely. That's great. So there's also a negative side of being a leader. And it's not just the cultural fit. It's also sometimes you got to lay people off. You got to cut them because they're not performing at that level, EQ or not. So how does one prepare for engaging in those hard discussions? Well, and as I mentioned earlier, this negotiation or conflict resolution is all comes into EQ. So the better you are at understanding your own emotions and other emotions, the easier these conversations are going to be. Here's my rule of thumb. Always have open conversations with people. If you know that you're going to have to bring some things back in-house or you need to delegate outside of your business and you need to hire some other people and you may need to lay some people off, you got to be up front around. That's what I would do as a leader is always be open and always have open communication with everyone. I think that's just important. And if you're not doing that, then the quiet quitting is happening. The people who are standing and standing around a water fountain, the scuttlebutt, none of those (laughs) people are happy because you're hiding the real story from everyone. And understanding, again, it it comes back to that awareness, right? The self-awareness and social awareness and people's emotions. You have to stay plugged into that. You just do. And you mentioned the word story, a big proponent of leadership, using the power of narrative and storytelling to inspire and influence. And that transparency is super important. We, I, I feel like leaders, I know we have a lot going on every day, but you have to take time to identify what I call the personal baseline, identify how people typically perform, identify who they typically are when they're at their level, right? When they know. So this is a part of emotional intelligence to me, because if I understand that someone's typically has a sunny disposition and typically performing well, then I know when that conversation, maybe I need to bring in a story to kind of motivate or see what's going on to help me broach the topic a little easier. So I'm glad you mentioned the power of the story when we're doing these conversations and keeping it real. That's pretty much what we're doing. We're keeping it honest because if you just hit someone at a time that it doesn't really relate to when they started performing poorly or when you need to actually make that move and you wait, then it's going to feel like you're just blindsided. But typically our people know when something's up. They can feel like, yeah, I'll I'll hold myself to that. So I love that you said that, Trish. And that's EQ too. So for all of the listeners out there, they're like, oh, I know when something's going on. That's EQ, right? That's awareness around the emotion that's happening either within you or the emotion that you're reading from somebody else. And it's so important in business and life. Absolutely. 100%. So we're going to shift to our by design segment where I ask every guest the same three questions. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't watch this on YouTube, you got to see her face. Just go to YouTube, search Design Life and Business and see her face because that was awesome. (laughs) All right. (laughs) First question. What has been the hardest part about designing a life and business you don't need a vacation from? Wow, the hardest thing. I think for me, it has really been just embracing that I am good at something. And I think like the emotion behind that or even saying it out loud makes me feel uncomfortable still, right? Like I am good at something because there's this um, feeling that I get, and I'm sure other people can recognize this as well, that someone would look at me and go, oh, 
Well, she's snobby because she said she's good at something, right? Mm. But being able to embrace that has been a huge challenge for me. When I left corporate and opened my first business, I didn't know what I was doing. have a clue what I was doing, but I worked hard. I asked questions. I sought in the beginning. I didn't. I felt like I needed to do everything myself, right? But I learned to ask for help. So two things. One is being okay with saying I'm good at something or I'm bad at something, but just admitting admitting it. And two is asking for help. Javon, as a military veteran, you probably feel this too. And some of our other vets that are listening, I'll bet this resonates with them is I don't need help because I'm just going to go get it done. And I know how to get it done. And I don't want to ask for help. We need to learn to do that because there are people out there that deserve the opportunity to help you. Yeah, 100%. And you deserve the opportunity to focus on something that you actually are good at so you can increase your impact. So I agree. Second question, what is the best lesson you've learned on your entrepreneurial journey? Man, it's going to tie back to the first thing. The hardest thing was to ask for help. And the best thing is learning to ask for help, knowing that there are people out there that want you to succeed. So one of the best things that I've learned, and I continue to teach this to everyone that I have the opportunity to teach it to is tell everyone what your mission is, tell everyone what your goal is, tell everyone what your aspiration is, because they may indeed have a way to help you get there. And maybe they want to, or they know someone who could. So I share my mission with everyone. What do I want to accomplish in the next X months, whatever that looks like? And so I'm out there sharing it. And I found through sharing it that people want to give back. Absolutely. That values alignment is everything for people. We talked about Mm -hmm. meaningful work. That's that emotional connection, right? So that's right. Yes, absolutely. So what are three tools or tips? And normally I would ask about scaling a business, but let's say what are three tools or tips you would recommend for improving your life? One thing, and PQ is on my mind right now, positive intelligence. I talked about that a few minutes ago. I think learning to find that balance in your mindset is huge. So whatever tool or go read a book, go grab a some kind of app out there that will shoot you a positive quote every morning, start with something simple. And I think that is huge. Where are you at today? So we know that the language that we use, our thoughts, the things that go on in our head, that self-talk lead to our feelings and beliefs. We know that. And so those feelings and beliefs lead to our actions, which then lead to our results. So what if that self-talk or that language that you're using were more positive than negative? What would those look like for you? So I think mindset, work on something with mindset, I think is number one. Number two, always be learning something. Read a book learn something new, learn how to play an instrument, go to the the nearest sports center and learn how to play basketball or hit a golf ball or play baseball. Learn something new every single month. Just do it because we need to do that. Whether it's inside of your industry or outside of your industry, go learn something new. So mindset, learn something new and surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you and lift you up. Who's in your room? If they're not bigger, better, faster, stronger than you, you're in the wrong room. Yes, indeed. And I love how you kind of had more energy. That last one, like who's in your room? Like you really felt that one. I heard it. <laughs> so I, I agree. Yep. 
So, well, Trisha, it's been a, a pleasure speaking with you today about uh, EI, emotional intelligence, emotional quotient. How can the listeners connect with you? The easiest way to find me is they can find my, or just jump on my website. It's trishastetzel.com, T-R-I-S-H-A-S-T-E-T-Z-E-L, like pretzel.com. And you can find anything that we've talked about today. You'll find information out there. You can even connect with me. We can schedule some time to dig a little bit deeper if they're interested. Awesome. And uh, I got to say this quote, just in case they aren't watching on YouTube, she has a quote behind it that says, if you don't know where you are going, you will probably end up someplace else. So instead of saying keep ascending today, I'm going to tell you all, remember, pick a destination so you are not a boat lost at sea. We have to know where we are selling. All right. See you later, everyone. Thanks so much. Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders, is brought to you by Bright Mind Consulting Group. To find out more about Bright Mind Consulting Group and how you can become the best leader possible, visit brightmindconsultinggroup.com. Make sure you search for Design Your Life and Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Bright Mind Consulting Group, we cannot thank you enough for listening.